Hi, and welcome to the West Visalia Audio Podcast. Each message is designed to help you grow and inspire you to take action. Please take a moment to hit the subscribe button, and don't be shy to drop us a message if you have a question. Thanks for listening, and God bless. We got a group that meets here at the church building at 6 o'clock. We got one at the Pittman house tonight and one at the Weatherfords. If you haven't got plugged into one of the small groups, I recommend you do that. That's a great way to have more of a close relationship with people than just coming to, you know, a big church service like this. It's hard to get to know one another. So get involved in one of those. It's also a great chance to invite people that maybe aren't familiar with the church or Christianity or Jesus it's kind of intimidating sometimes to attend a church service, but if you invite someone over to your house, it's a little bit easier, you know, to introduce them to Christ. Also, starting on Saturday is our youth forum. In the foyer, when you're dismissed from here, there's going to be schedules on the blue table and on the welcome desk. You can pick one of those up. But with that, it starts Saturday at 10 a.m. The kids are going to have some different icebreaker activities, and then we have lessons and worship, and then we have lunch, and then we have free time in the afternoon. We got a bunch of like inflatable things on the lawn that they can do and volleyball and stuff like that. Then we'll come back together for a dinner together, and then we'll have a couple more lessons before um, we call it a night at around 7.30, and then we'll even have some lessons on Sunday morning as well. But here's what I need from all of you. Show up. Even if you're not a teen, it's great to have other people there. We're going to have, man, I, I'm thinking like probably 60, 70 teens themselves plus chaperones, plus what of our people that show up, it's going to be pretty awesome. So um, be here Saturday. If, if you just want to show up for the lessons, that's fine. Maybe, you know, jumping in a bounce house isn't your thing. Some of you, I wouldn't recommend it. But um, you can't all show up for the worship time, so, so do that. It's great to encourage the teens that are here. They're all awesome teens that love God and want to follow him. So Saturday starting at 10 all the way through 7.30, and then during our Bible class and worship time here, Next Sunday, we'll also have a lesson going along with it for any of the teens that, that stayed, you know, for the, the entire weekend. We're not housing this year. Um, some are getting hotels. Some are still staying in friends' houses. Some are just showing up for the day, but it's going to be a big event. Also, how you can help. Um, on, for lunch on Saturday, um, I know Zinni could probably use some hands to help her put that out. She's not here this morning. She's picking up kids at Bible camp and worshiping up there right now, but she'll be back. Um, if you can help with that, see Zinni. And then in the evening... Um, Ray Lynn has fired Curtis, and she's now in charge of dinner. No, she relieved Curtis so he can do other things because Curtis is also speaking. But if you want to help with dinner, see Ray Lynn. Um, there's a lot going on with that. And then during free time, I just need people here. People here to make sure kids aren't running down the street or leaving or going to Starbucks or stuff like that. They kind of got to stay here. Um, if anybody wants to run a snow cone machine, see me. We got a snow cone machine now, our very own. It's going to be awesome. So if you want to make snow cones and you want to put it together, um, we have that for this weekend, so hit me up if you want to help with that. Just be here, raise your hand and go, Cliff, put me to work, and I'll point you someplace where you need to be. But there is schedules in the foyer for that. Um, but let's talk about, though, something as we kind of transition into our lesson this morning. What I want to talk about for a moment is something that, that's important to me. It's something that I know I needed to hear, and like I say before, the sermons that I preach are the sermons that I need to hear, and usually it's ones that we all need to hear as well. The thought I had this week that I needed to remind myself of is that I can't control everything. Now, I'm kind of a controlling kind of guy, okay? I mean, I'm a preacher. I stand up here and wave my arms and yell for a living. So in and of itself, that kind of puts me in a, in a position of, of leadership at different times. But with that, 
I find myself thinking that if I can control my environment, if I can plan everything just right, I won't have any problems. You ever find yourself thinking that way? If we can just do this just right, everything is going to be easy. If I can just, okay, if I can save the, the right amount of money, organize the right event, teach my kids the right things, and, and all of that kind of stuff, it's always going to work out the way that it should. But the reality is it doesn't. And thinking that you can control every aspect of your life and make it line up the way that everything works out perfectly is false. What I see in Scripture is that you can do everything right and things can still go wrong. Or maybe if you're like me, instead of controlling everything, a lot of times I like to hide from, from issues. Instead of actually addressing maybe suffering that's in the world, hardship in another person's life, drama or different things like that, I like to just avoid it. And that's also not biblical. From what I see in Scripture, I see a lot of Scriptures that talk about bearing one another's burdens, not hiding from hardship, suffering, and drama, and going, well, I'm just going to kind of disconnect for a little while. I can't do that. And I also was thinking through a thought this week that really kind of smacked me upside the head. You know, a lot of times we'll talk about how prosperity, gospel thinking is false. That's kind of the idea that if you follow Jesus, you'll be a millionaire, which that's not true, okay? Um, we, we preach against that. But however, I do think in some respects, I myself have fallen into the trap of thinking that if everybody just followed God, if I could get someone to do everything the right way, then their life will be free from problems. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this when it comes to my, even my own children or even kids that I'm teaching. I'll say, look, if you would just always make sure you're in Bible class, find yourself a Christian spouse, get a good career, and make sure to do this, your, your life will be good. Well, you can do everything right and your life still stink, okay? Let's, let's be honest, right? You could find the, the most ideal, perfect Christian spouse and turns out that, you know, they end up leaving you. You could eat healthily, healthy all the time, exercise, and still get cancer. I mean, you could try to do everything just right, and it still go wrong. And that's a point that I think we got to remind ourselves of, is I could preach the most perfectly formed, articulated lesson, sound to the gospel text that I could put together, and people would still not obey it. I could memorize the entire Bible and still not follow it. We could be doing everything right as a church. We could vote for all the right people and still have problems in the world. You can do everything right and still have everything go wrong. Now, that's not necessarily encouraging, but that's the truth. You could do everything right and things still go wrong. I could be the most perfect driver out there, always following the law, always being attentive, always watching around me, always driving three miles under the speed limit just to be on the safe side in a car with the highest safety ratings, and a drunk driver hits me and I die. I mean, that is the reality of life. You can do everything right and still have everything go wrong. So what do we do with that? Well, what we've been doing on Sunday mornings is we've been working through the book of Acts, and we're almost to the end of it. We got one more lesson after this in the book of Acts, and then we're going to move on to another topic. In fact, my plan is to deal with the Sermon on the Mount with Jesus and what he teaches there and talk about kind of the upside-down kingdom idea that he presents there. It's going to be really cool. I'm excited about it. But this morning, we're in Acts. And in Acts chapter 27, we find ourselves toward the end of the book, and Paul is on a journey toward Rome. 
And the way he's going to get to Rome is through sailing on a boat. And what happens is they have a lot of turmoil on this trip, and it's a lot of stormy waters, there's shipwreck, there's all this going on. But the question is, how do we handle it? Because Paul didn't do anything wrong. In fact, they were doing a lot of things right, but certain circumstances came up that were outside of their control, and all of a sudden, life had a storm. And I don't want to overplay the storms of the sea versus the storms of life. I think preachers go way too far with that sometimes, and it just sounds lame. But however, you look at what Paul is going through here, the suffering that he's going through, the hardship that they're going through, there's some definite lessons that we can learn. Also, this is a reminder that sometimes things just go wrong, even when you're doing everything right. So let's read together. Acts chapter 27. If you're new to the Bible, the book of Acts deals with the followers of Jesus after Jesus died, buried, and rose again. Okay, So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are all about the life of Christ. They end with you know Jesus' resurrection, then he ascends to heaven. And then the book of Acts is about how early Christians went out there and led others to Jesus, planted churches, did mission work. One of the primary preachers in the early church movement was a guy named Paul. Paul is up in the area of Asia Minor. Now he's traveling up into Italy to go to Rome and make a final appeal even to Caesar and stay up there and preach the message, which is totally awesome when you think about it because it started there with what was called a, a sect of the Jews in, in, in Acts chapter 2, and then it grew into Judea, Samaria, to the whole world, and now it's going up into the center of civilization at that time in Rome, which is awesome. But on the way there, there's some hardships. So Acts chapter 27 Verse 1, we'll read kind of quickly through this. I might skip over a few sections, but I want to emphasize a few things. So Acts chapter 27, verse 1. When it was decided that we would sail for Italy, they proceeded to deliver Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. Remember, this is all starting with Paul being arrested for doing nothing wrong. Okay, And he's using his arrest and the situation there to make appeals to different government authorities to get himself to Rome, where he is going to kind of be set free and all of that, but it's a, it's a hard time that he's going through. So they're embarking to all these different locations to get there. They're loading up the boat. They're having people there. Verse 6, it says, There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship sailing for Italy, and he put us aboard it. And when we had sailed slowly for a good many days, and with difficulty, they arrived at Sindus, but since the wind did not permit us to go farther, we sailed under the shelter of Crete off the Salome. So now we look at this situation here. They set sail properly, but what happens? The boat goes slow. The boat went slow. On Friday, I was taking Owen and Jacob up to Bible camp for the retreat that was up there. I had it planned perfectly. It takes an hour and 31 minutes from my house to Bible camp. But you know what happens at around 4.30 on 41 in Fresno? Everybody gets off work. I was doing everything right, but it didn't work out. And then you know what happens when you have teenage boys in the car? Apparently when you get the course goal, they need snacks for some reason. So that also threw off the schedule. One of them needed to go. I had it planned right, but ended up getting there, which to me is a guy who likes to get every place early, arriving 10 minutes late. That was like the end of the world. I was in a bad mood the whole way home. Thankfully, Gwen was with me and you know, she cheered me up and we had barbecue. But, you know, it was, it was a problem. I had it planned right, but traffic made us go slow. According to verse 6 and 7, there was wind, there was problems, and they had to sail near Crete 
to make it. Verse 8, and with difficulty sailing past it, we came to a place called Fair Havens, which is near the city of Lycia. When considerable time had passed, so it took a long time. One time I was stuck at the top of the grapevine, and I'm sure you all have stories doing things like this too. There was a wreck, blocked all lanes of traffic, six hours up there by Pyramid Lake with no cell phone reception, right? And it was, it was hot too. Luckily I had a rental car and I wasn't worried about running the AC the whole time, right? It did everything right, but got stuck. Now they're stuck. A lot of time passed, and they planned on sailing in the end of summer, but what happens is now it's toward the fall. It says in verse 9, when considerable time had passed, the voyage was now dangerous since even the fast was already over. I'm talking about mid-October. And Paul began to admonish them and said to them, Men, I perceive that the voyage will certainly be with damage and great loss, not only of the cargo and of the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion was more persuaded by the pilot and the captain of the ship than what was being said by Paul. Not everybody's going to agree with your perfectly executed plan. Paul said, look, this is dangerous. Probably shouldn't do this. But the centurion said, nah, we can do this. The pilot of the boat said, we got this. Verse 12, because the harbor was not suitable for wintering, but the majority reached a decision to put out to sea, from there somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing southwest and northwest, and spend the winter there. So they have all these things going on to try to make this happen, to ultimately get to Italy, but everything is going wrong. Paul has one idea, other people have another idea, and now storms start to happen. Verse 14, but before, a very long, uh, before very long, there rushed down from the land a violent wind called, my version puts a footnote in, as a nor'easter, right? Kind of a, where the wind is coming from. And when the ship was caught up in it, it could not face the wind. And we gave way into it, and we let ourselves be driven along, running under the shelter of a small island. So they have to sail near an island to kind of break the wind, this island named Clauda, where we were scarcely able to get the ship's boat under control. And we go on, and we find out that the support cables had to be hosted up, that things are breaking, sails are falling down, all this stuff is going on, and now they're being violently tossed about, verse 18, in the storm, and they're throwing cargo overboard to try to jettison it to get the ship under control, okay? So this is a dangerous situation that they're in. They threw the ship's tackle overboard too, which isn't a good thing with their own hands. Verse 20, since neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. Remember, they don't got radar. They don't have GPS. How did you navigate back then? The sun and the stars. But when the clouds are out, you can't see it. You ever feel like that in life? You don't even know which way's up anymore because of the drama that's around you? It says, no small storm was assailing us. And then all hope of our being saved was gradually abandoned. I've never been on a boat like that. I don't plan. I don't even like the idea of taking a cruise, okay? And yet here they are in this storm, and now all hope is lost. Verse 21, when they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up in their midst and said, I love it, men, you ought to have followed my advice and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this damage and loss. Look, you made a mistake. That happened, right? I mean, and sometimes it does, and you get called out on it. He goes, you shouldn't have done this. However, yet now, because the damage has been done, sometimes you can't just relish in a bad decision that someone made. You can't go, well, told you so, now you're going to die. No, you help them, right? Paul says, yet now I urge you to keep up your courage. There will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship, 
For this very night an angel of God to whom I belong and to whom I serve stood before me, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. Remember, Paul is going to Rome, going to stand before Caesar himself. And behold, God has granted you and all those who are sailing with you. Therefore, keep up your courage, men. I believe, God, that it will turn out exactly as I have been told, but we must run aground on a certain island. So he says, we shouldn't have done this, but we're not going to die. Here's my plan. Ram the ship into an island. Okay, that's sometimes bad situations require some radical choices, and they do that. Okay, they find this island that they're approaching. They point themselves toward it. They cast off the anchors and raise the sails, and they head toward it, and they run aground on this island. They make it there. They land safely. It's the island of Malta, and when they get there, they're taken care of by the natives. They're able to finally um, start their journey again, and ultimately, he ends up in Rome. It actually worked out, but along the way, there was a whole bunch of stormy waters. Our lives are going to be like that. We have a destination that we're trying to get to. Let's say eternity with God. We're trying to get there. We know what we need to do to get there. Follow Jesus, keep his word, be faithful unto death, that idea. But along the way, maybe someone else in our life has another plan, and they direct us this way. We try to get back on path. Maybe along that path, there's all sorts of storms. There's death, there's loss, there's sin, there's everything around us. But if we keep pointing toward that destination, we can get there. But how? Look what Paul said a couple things here. In verse 22, after he tells them, look, you did make a bad choice, but sometimes we tell people, hey, you did make a bad choice, but now let's fix it. Paul says this, keep your courage up. This is important for us to hear. It's important for me to hear because a lot of times if things don't go right, I get negative. I, I get depressed. I'm like, well, maybe maybe it's not good to do this anymore. I've heard preachers before. I've had coworkers, friends, classmates give up on ministry because it got hard, because people didn't follow Jesus, but because negative things were said about them, because the church they were with treated them poorly. That will happen. Keep your courage up. Don't give up. Don't quit. He goes on. He tells them, do not be afraid. In verse 24, it says 22 on the screen. But that's incorrect. Verse 24, he says, do not be afraid. He says, God has a plan. In fact, in verse 25, he lets them know. He says, for I believe God that it will turn out exactly as I have been told. Keep up your courage. Do not be afraid. And believe God. So when life is hard, trust God's plan. Take up courage. Don't be afraid. Definitely don't quit. If they would have just sat there on that boat and said, woe is me, all hope is lost, they would have drowned. They had already ran out of food. They weren't doing anything. But instead, Paul says, look, let's trust God's plan. Let's get proactive. Let's start pointing this boat toward land and see what happens. And what's neat is along the way, verse 33 it says, until the day was about to dawn, Paul was encouraging them to take some food, saying, today is the 14th day of which you've been constantly watching and going without eating and taking nothing. Therefore, I encourage you to take some food, for this is for your preservation. You are not going to perish. And in verse 35, it says, having said this, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of all. In the midst of them all thinking they were going to die, Paul found an opportunity to say thank you to God. So what is a lesson 
for us. Because I don't want this to just be a generic, well, life is sometimes hard trusting God. That's sometimes kind of an empty platitude. I know it's true, but sometimes it's, it's deeper than that. First and foremost, I want us to understand this. We can't always hide from hardship, suffering, drama, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes you have to take it head on. You have to just go right into it. I, I like to flee from those kinds of things. I, I, I don't like that. Um, I find myself, sometimes I'll shut myself off from um, negativity out there in the world and say, you know what, if I can just draw my circle in and, and hang around the people I like and, and people that make me happy and those kinds of things, then, then it'll be okay. But I can't do that. I also can't think that if I just plan everything perfectly, that there won't be any hardship in my life. If I just get everything to line up just right, I got this plan, and I'm a big planner. I love goal setting. I love plans. My favorite thing about taking a vacation is not the vacation. It's planning the optimal way to have the vacation. I'm going to know what gas stop we're going to go to, what hotel, have the best rate, and all of that. That's my favorite thing to do. Zinni and I are planning a trip in the spring that I already got planned out now, which Zinni keeps reminding me, you know you, we might not get to take this trip. I'm like, yeah, but I got it planned out perfectly. It's going to work out, right? You know, you can't always hide from hardship and suffering. You can't always avoid it. There's nothing we can do to make it all go away. And we seem so shocked by it too. When things don't go well, we go, well, I thought I'm a Christian. Things are supposed to go well for me. I was told that if I did this, it would work out. You can do everything right and still have everything go wrong. If your belief in God is based upon the idea that, well, if I follow him, life will be okay, you might have a false idea of Jesus. Now, Jesus will make your life better and that now you have hope, you have purpose, you have a better future. But there is no promise of ease. You could do everything right and it still go wrong. And I've had people in my office before ask me, what went wrong? I did what I was supposed to. Sometimes you can do everything you're supposed to do and things will still go wrong. And in fact, what maybe you're going through right now might not even be your fault at all. I mean, sometimes it is. I mean, if you, you know, spend all your life smoking and then you get lung cancer, yeah, you did something that caused that. But some people don't do anything wrong and end up with cancer, right? I mean, we understand that. And what you're going through in your life, what I'm going through in my life, what the world's going through right now, to some extent, isn't always our fault. I mean, sometimes it's no fault of our own. Someone mistreats you, someone beats you, someone cheats on you. That's not your fault. They did something wrong. But however, in the midst of all of that hardship, even when it's not our fault, was it Paul's fault that they were in that situation? No. In fact, Paul told them a better way. He said, don't go this way. We might die. Paul had a better way. They didn't listen. It wasn't his fault that they were on that boat in that situation. But even though it wasn't his fault, what did he do when he was faced with a difficult situation? Well, he told them to be tough, you know, take on courage, be trusting, trust in God, trust that God's will is going to happen, and be thankful. So what's the lesson for us then? When life is hard, which it's going to be, be tough. Be tough. We have to. The apostles were, Jesus was we can't just run and hide. We have to be tough. We have to be courageous or a key word in the book of Acts. We have to be bold. But we also have to be trusting. Trust that God's way still makes sense and will work. 
A lot of times you think, well, maybe because I've been following God's will and it didn't work out the way I thought that I should just give up on it. Well, Christianity didn't make my life happen the way I thought it was going to happen, so I'm just going to give up on following Jesus and go head on into sin. No, trust the plan of God. It might not bring immediate satisfaction in this life, but it will bring eternal satisfaction in a dwelling place with God, which we talked about this morning in Bible class. And then finally, number three, be thankful. In the midst of hardship, find something to say thank you for. Paul, in the midst of all of this, it might sound trivial, gave them a little bit of food and told them to say thank you. Sometimes we have to look for that little glimmer of hope. Look for something to tell God thank you for, and it'll put everything into perspective. Because you know what? One day, the storm will end. But it might be stormy your entire life till you run aground right before you know you, you hit the afterlife. But one day, the storm will end. And something better is out there. But it's up to us to endure that storm with toughness, with trustworthiness, with thankfulness. Because one day, that storm is going to end. The lesson is yours this morning. There has been a song that was selected. I believe it was, I decided. I have decided to follow Jesus. If you're here this morning and you haven't decided to follow Jesus, we want to help you follow him. You can talk to me after the service. You can talk to one of us in the foyer. We'll get you plugged into a Bible study. We'll love to help you learn more about him. But why don't we stand together? And let's sing the song that was selected. Thanks again for listening to West Visalia Audio. We hope these messages have helped you grow and inspired you to take action. Be sure to check in each week for more on-the-go content or visit our YouTube channel to watch the live video. Thanks for participating and God bless.